0: Welcome back to the Walk the Word podcast. My name is James and I'm the pastor here at Sar Fellowship in the Kingdom of Bahrain and this is our midweek audio-only Bible teaching. We have been walking through God's Word together one chapter a week and today we get to Numbers chapter 3. Now it's a pretty long chapter. It's quite a dense chapter. So we're going to break this up. We're going to read from verses 1 to 39. So as we say every week, if you've never read this, if you've no idea what Numbers chapter 3 is about, go ahead, press pause, read the first two-thirds of it, and then we'll come back together as we seek to know and grow in the Word. So Numbers chapter 3 continues this theme of taking a census. We're still in the very early stages of the book, We're kind of setting the scene, finding out who's who, what's what, uh, who is everybody, where is everybody. And we begin by reading these are the generations of Aaron and Moses at the time when the Lord spoke with Moses on Mount Sinai. These are the names of the sons of Aaron, Nadab the firstborn and Abihu. Now five times uh, in the coming chapters we are going to read about what happened to Nadab and Abihu. Uh, In fact, if you read (laughs) further forward into verse 4, it says they died before the Lord when they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai and they had no children. Which uh, in this place at this time, even if they had a daughter, they were classed as not having a kind of a line of succession. There was no heritage in this place at this time. It comes up again and again and again this idea that they approached God in their own way. They sought to worship God in their own way. They wanted to acknowledge and serve and worship and be and do what we would call Christian things in our approach to God, Uh, but they didn't respect and revere and put into practice how God has said he should be approached and worshipped. And it's very, very true for us now, uh, obviously not we're not in the wilderness, we're not uh, offering unauthorized fire, but you see uh, lots of people, lots of churches, uh, whole movements of churches uh, who want to get together and kind of want to do their own thing. They want to worship God in a way that's not consistent with Scripture. They want to focus on stuff that's not focused on in Scripture and as we've been working through 1 Corinthians on a Friday morning, Paul says, look, you know, did God's Word, did the Word of God come to you by yourself? Is it just you that's doing stuff like this? You know, why? Why is that? Scripture lays out very clearly uh, how God is to be approached and worshipped. And Paul says, essentially in a paraphrase, look, if, you, if you want to do your own thing, then do your own thing. But stop claiming it's the Christian thing to do, stop claiming it as church. Do your own thing, don't don't point to the Bible, to Scripture, to the Word of God to back up what you're doing. Be comfortable doing your own thing but don't pretend that it's church. Same for Nadab and Abihu, they offered unauthorised fire. And we read then at the end of verse 4, So Eleazar and Ithamar served as priests in the lifetime of Aaron their father. And then there's this wonderful uh, word play. The same Hebrew word that is used uh, in verse 4, Nadab and Abi who died before the Lord when they offered unauthorized fire. What we read in English is offered is also used in verse 6. So the Lord spoke to Moses saying, bring the tribe of Levi near. And it's this wonderful play on words to contrast. Again, doing stuff properly. God has said, this is how I'm to be approached, worshipped, uh, viewed, respected, revered. Everything, really. And where Nadab and Abihu offered, sacrificed, brought stuff in their own way, the tribe of Levi are to be offered, brought, sacrificed, used, given. It's the same word. So this whole idea of we can either do things as we see fit, which is very much like First Corinthians if you're with us on a Friday. Uh, you're in this place. You've accepted that there is a God. Uh, you've accepted the truths of, of who he is and, and, and what he claims and, and all that stuff. And now we're going to move on and start to do things in our own way. With that truth, it's not what we see uh, in scriptures of uh, Nadab and Abihu. Here's God, here's the tabernacle, here's his presence. Our whole lives and community are built around the truth that God is. Who he is, there he is, what he's done. Now let's do it our own way. Contrasted with... Moses being told, look, bring, offer, present, sacrifice, give to me the tribe of Levi. And this is how we're gonna do things now. And that's laid out for us uh, between verses five and thirteen. Then the tribe of Levi, the Levites, are given very special, let's say, very particular jobs They get three jobs here in the first couple of verses uh, set them before Aaron the priest that they may minister to him so one of their first and foremost jobs is to help out Aaron and the priests to support to be there to watch to guard they're going to help out Aaron and the priesthood and I think now in, in kind of New Testament language I think of the pastor who is leading a church and the elders who are there to support and shepherd and give accountability and counsel. There's a really nice parallel with how we see church. Nowadays and how God's people were ordered here and now in Numbers. We read in verse 7 that they, the Levites, shall keep guard over him, Aaron the priests, uh, and over the whole congregation before the tent of meeting. That's the second job. They're going to look after, guard, guide, protect, minister to Aaron the priests and the people uh, as they minister at the tabernacle. And there's the third. So they're going to look after and minister to, take care of Aaron the priests, the whole people and the place. The priest, the people, and the place. The minister at the tabernacle. And maybe the best way to understand this this idea of guarding, well, the the best way is the plainest and the simplest way. If unauthorized people tried to access it, they were there to guard. They would, um, what we read in the first 10, if any outsider comes near, he shall be put to death. So the Levites, yes, they're they're, they're they're teaching. They're guiding. They're doing all the practical service, but they're also pretty handy in a confrontation. If things are happening that contradicts how God says they should have been happening, if anybody if anyone outsider comes near, we read he shall be put to death. So the Levites had a very particular and quite a firm job there didn't they if stuff's happening if people are trying to do their own things in their own way no we're going to step in and the punishment for, for this is is death uh, verses 11, 12 and 13 remind us of this principle of substitution uh, we saw it in Genesis 22 uh, verse 13 you can go back and read that and very, very simply here, God says to Moses, look, I've taken the Levites as, uh, f- for me. Instead of every firstborn from all the different tribes and families, the Levites are going to be mine. They weren't the firstborn. They don't descend from the firstborn uh, sons of Jacob or Israel. Uh, but God, in substitution, instead of saying, like in, in Exodus, oh, you're firstborn and you're, and you're animal, firstborn animals and you're the first of your produce, God has said here, look, this is how it's going to be. We're going to take the tribe. I'm going to take the tribe of, of, of Levi. The Levites shall be mine, we read. I consecrate for my own all the firstborn in Israel, both of man and of beast. They shall be mine. And instead of that, we're going to kind of substitute that out and we're going to take the tribe of Levi instead. And then the rest of our passage for today, 14 to 39, we get the census again. We get this uh, who's who, what's what, where do they uh, camp, how do they break down camp, what are they responsible for? Uh, We've done that before in chapter 1 where we got um, males 20 and above because it was a military census. With the Levites, we said they've got quite a military-type role if people are trying to bust in and, and do their own thing, Generally, not particularly military. Uh, so we're going to count every male from a month old and upwards. And if the the fact that it's just boys uh, kind of doesn't sit very well with you, I'd encourage you to go back to Leviticus. I'm just trying to find a particular uh, chapter. There's a, a very clear passage in Leviticus that where well, we talked about the fact that you know basically there was a, a redemption price there was um, and there was a difference between uh, males and females and it wasn't to do with the value of the people uh, as such it was their effectiveness let's say their potential to contribute to this hugely. Uh, agricultural society, lots of the work of the Levites, as we're going to talk about, is quite manual and uh, and it's difficult. So there's no difference in value between uh, males and females and their worth and their dignity and the image of God that they uh, possess. It was just a way of of listing look you're going to be more adept uh, to these kind of jobs so we're going to list males uh, one month and above and in verses 21 to 26 to Gershon belong the clan of the Libnites and the clan of the Shemites and they are going to camp on the west of the tabernacle we said if we imagine the tabernacle is at the center of the community of the nation and then in kind of concentric circles out from there for the first people the closest people to the tabernacle are, are, are these guys now, the Levites and the priests. Uh, and the Gershonites are going to be on the west. Their job, we read in verses 25, 26, 26, uh, is to look after the coverings of the tabernacle. Uh, we read, the tent with its covering, the screen for the entrance of the tent and meeting, the hangings of the court, the screen for the door of the court, and the altar and all its cords. That was their particular job. Verses 25 to 32 uh, to Kohath belonged the clan of the Amramites and the clan of the Izharites and the clan of the Hebronites and the clan of the Uzzilites. Uh, they are on the south side of the temple. Their particular role uh, was the furniture of the tabernacle the ark, the table, the lamps, and the altars, the vessels of the sanctuary with which the priest minister and the screen, um, all the, the stuff inside the tabernacle. Verses 33 to 37, we get those camping on the north side. Their job is the structure of the tabernacle, the, the coverings, the stuff inside it, and the structure itself, the frames of the tabernacle, the bars, the pillars, the bases, and all their accessories. And then on the east side, this the most honor-filled spot, you're outside the door, the entrance to the tabernacle, which we talked about was on the east. That's where the sun rises. It's this beautiful picture. First place to see the light of day is going to be the tabernacle at the center of your community. This very honor-filled spot. Camping on that side were Moses and Aaron and his sons. And then just a little bit of food for thought if you really want it. Verses 39 gives us all those listed among the Levites whom Moses and Aaron listed at the commandment of the Lord by clans, all the males from a month old and upward were 22,000. Now if you do the maths here, uh, you're going to get 22,300. And this is another really good example of how copies of copies of copies have been made. Sometimes numbers are not written particularly accurately and from what i understand about the writing of hebrew numbers it's very uh, easy to mix up i think i read this week three and six and uh, so in verse 28 it could very well say 8300 uh, we read in my particular english bible 8600 and It's another really good example of the fact that when we've had copies of copies of copies made, numbers and letters can be miscopied or inverted, but it doesn't change anything of substance here. This isn't salvific in any way. It doesn't change our understanding of who God is or the messianic undertones of these chapters in Numbers. So it's a really good example of how stuff can be copied, missed out, uh, inverted, not done stunningly accurately, yet nothing of substance is changed. One other thing to talk about as we wrap up this week. Uh, Lots of people read these chapters about the priesthood and then come to the New Testament and read that Uh, in Christ as a believer we are all now uh, priests. We're part of this royal priesthood. He's made us a kingdom of priests uh, with his son. We're going to rule and reign with Jesus. And they get kind of hung up on this idea that well we're a chosen uh, nation. We are a royal uh, priesthood and therefore uh, there's no need nowadays for um, clergy, pastors, preachers, teachers, elders, deacons. No, but there's no kind of structure or order or organization. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own choosing uh, that we read in First Peter 2. And we're not questioning what Peter says. Peter is right that we are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own choosing, so we can proclaim the virtues of the one who called us out of darkness into his light. But we don't all have the role of a priest. We all have the access of a priest. We've just said here that anybody who tried to kind of approach the tabernacle uh, improperly, trying to get to the presence of God, themselves was going to be... to death very few very select number of people you know Aaron the high priest would go in there but once a year and yet we read in 1 Peter 2 that we are a royal priesthood. so no we don't all have the job and the role of priests we're not all responsible for everything all the time ever 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 but we do all have the access of a priest which means we can approach God personally there isn't or there aren't the layers of kind of accessibility for us to go through. We're not in that concentric circle kind of structure anymore. We've got at the center, and we've got to work through particular groups of, of people, you know, through the, the sacrifice, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, and your faith therein, we've all got the access of a priest. So you don't need to read these chapters and worry uh, about, You know, you need to go offering sacrifices and you need to go and uh, (laughs) get involved in all of these different ways because, you know, 1 Peter 2 says I'm part of a royal priesthood. It it means that you've got the access of a priest. You can approach God um, because of who Jesus is, because of what he did, uh, because of your faith there. Next week then, we will finish off Numbers 3, uh, talk about the redemption of the firstborn. But until then, good luck.